everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sword and Slime podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. I have Trung in the co-host chair. And today, or tonight, yeah, it's definitely tonight, we'll be talking about Bravely Default 2 and Project Tri- uh, Triangle Strategy, but only demo versions, okay? We're not, we're not, we don't have any full releases going on here. But uh, both of those are pretty hot topics for demos on Nintendo Switch, or at least when they did come out, and we're just now getting around to playing them. Uh, but yeah, before we get into it, Trung, what's up? Anything new? What's going on? Tell me something. Uh, the character progression arc hasn't started yet, so I still don't have anything new to add to this segment. <sighs> That's right, in the last episode, uh, because Trung keeps saying the same thing over and over, uh, we've deemed it necessary that he has a character arc. Oh, wait, the, and as, does, does it count if I'm redoing the coding lesson stuff yeah actually yeah talk about that there you go yeah i just it's, i just restarted doing my uh coding lessons like css uh oh sorry c plus plus python and all that stuff and and potentially thinking about making some maybe like a game for couch cat or something just like a not just nothing crazy just like yeah just like a joke game yeah. like a like a you know, like RPG Maker, how you should like play with that. Yeah, like just make a um, like form a party of us, like me, you, Alan, Brandon, or whoever, like any fans from Discord, and it's like one level. I was thinking of like making like an idol game or something. People always like those, right? And it's like simple. Oh yeah, for sure. Minimal effort. Just just something to like build up a portfolio. Since I haven't really done much with my uh my degree, you know. True, but at least you got it. Yeah. And that's the that's how all character arcs start. You gotta start somewhere, <laughs> of course. But that's cool, man. Um, I have some cool news. I mean, it's still kind of weird because like we're recording on these episodes, you know, a, you know, quote unquote for a vault, <laughs> the, the podcast vault, because nothing's live yet, at least for this show. Uh, but Orange Man, as we stated a couple episodes back, um, who has done the intro song. Um, an outro song for the Couch Cat podcast, which, if you don't know by now, uh, we've been a part of that. I'm in charge of it, uh, and this is our spinoff show with Trung uh, and I. But he has finished a song for us for this show, and it's awesome. Uh, I kind of I didn't give him too much direction. Uh, I like to see what he does on his own, and I, you know, he did not disappoint. Uh, I. <laughs> How I've been describing it is like a basically imagine uh, you're playing like an RPG or a JRPG um, that has a day and night cycle and you're exploring the town, uh, say like after coming out of the open world map or whatever, or just the map in general. And you know how like the song, Trung, you know how songs change during the night? Yeah. It gets all cozy uh, and the street lamps turn on. Yeah, that's what this song is. Uh, and it's awesome that we have it for the show. So keep uh keep your ears open for that, uh, but it's going to be on the first episode anyway, and people won't even know about it until probably this episode, which is like I think it's episode four or five now. So who knows? It's all weird. Uh, and then another exciting thing I want to talk about is I started the process of getting a design for the show, um, as in like a logo. So things are moving forward. Things are getting serious over here. Maybe we'll one and, day uh, copyright the, the the brand too. Get yeah, a trademark yeah. on it. Get a trademark on it. And then get it tattooed on our necks. I, That's the second I, step. I'm not getting no tattoos. 
okay, get a Sharpie. And then I write it on your neck and it lasts for like two hours. Yeah. yeah. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take those. Okay. All right. That's good. I'm glad we can compromise on something, but <laughs> anyway, so um, let's, let's start talking about the demos. Uh, I found like we've talked about bravely default. Like, remember uh, you were saying like, you can't even like, like you, de- you couldn't even remember when it came out because there was like no advertisement for it. Yeah. It was like a sleeper release. Um, so that kind of opened my eyes. I was like, wait, that's out. And then wait, Nintendo switch has demos. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I started browsing the eShop cause it, I mean, you know, this, I've been playing a lot of fire Emblem three houses and, uh, I'm, I'm loving that game. That's going to have its own episode. Uh, but I'm trying to like look ahead, uh, look ahead for more RPG, JRPGs, etc. I can play. Um, and so bravely default two. Uh, found it on the front page for demos, so I snagged that, and I snagged Project Triangle Strategy. Uh, it's a working title, so its name will probably change. I can only imagine, but uh, I snagged those two uh, demos on the eShop, and I definitely will have to explore the eShop more. Uh, I've just been kind of ignoring it because it's—I don't know, Trung. Do you think it's clunky? Because I do. It's pretty slow sometimes, depending on like what kind of traffic is going through. I guess, but sometimes it like feels pretty laggy yeah and so when i'm scrolling down looking at like the demos sometimes because i think this is a switch problem in general uh but the the sticks are like really sensitive so i'll be scrolling down and then it'll just suddenly pop me over to the side menu and then it'll suddenly like bring me back to the home page and i'm like <laughs> erasing all my progress of searching and i get so mad i know the Joy-Con has a really bad drifting issue so it could be that yeah, that's that's definitely it for sure. Um, I get that a lot in Fire Emblem too, and I actually got a lot of that in the two demos I played. Uh, more in Project Triangle Strategy than uh, Bravely, but yeah, uh, if you don't mind, Trung, uh, you want you want to kick you want to start it or do you want you know any other demos you snagged uh, while you grabbed them? Uh, I mean, I played the Monster Hunter Rise demo with the games out, so. Doesn't, you own the game. Yeah, I own the game. So, so I played the demo <laughs> but, like a while back, but now I own the game. So, but there's nothing else really on your plate. Uh, no. What is Pac-Man '99? That's out, but that's not really an RPG. Wow. Okay, moving on. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start with the uh, Bravely Default Two. Um, I had a, quite an experience with it. Um, overall, I thought it was okay. Medi- you know, I want to say mediocre. Uh, but you know, not too negatively. Uh, so anyway, for those of you who don't know what Bravely Default Two is, this is straight from Nintendo, um, and it states, you know, explore a new world as you fight for survival with your customized team of heroes in the Bravely Default Two game, a strikingly beautiful RPG adventure. Balance risk and reward in turn-based battles with the Brave and Default commands. Uh, so basically, um, it is a JRPG. There is a first game. And that was on hand, uh, handheld, right? Trung 3DS. Yes, the 3DS a while ago. Yeah, and we've both played it. I do not remember an ounce of that game because it was like years. It's it's practically years old at this point. So it's like I think five plus or something. Um, but yeah, is is that on your mind at all? Like, can you remember anything? Uh, uh I hated the story. I think we talked about this before. Okay. On, on a yeah. different podcast. I hated the story because it started repeating the cycle. And which is, 
I guess that's the spoiler is that he started repeating the cycle of the the same <laughs> the same bosses like literally the same bosses in the same exact locations with the same exact fight and you just do it over and over again. That, oh, that's yeah, and that's that. the main story. Like that's not even like a side mission that you do. That's literally the main story. Or like a challenge. Yeah, you yeah. you have to progress this in the story. You have to keep fighting the same exact bosses over and over again. But okay, I do like the class system. That's always fun in any kind of game. On these uh. Square Enix games is the class systems. They're- yeah, they, they definitely do that right. Um, but yeah, so I'll just get uh, into the demo from like the player perspective. Uh, so the demo starts after the prologue of the game. And I only know that because it states that when you boot it up. And you're immediately thrown into a desert map. Um, and like the first thing you see are like, well, like this, this game, kind of like a lot of the JRPG games, they have monsters that roam the map. And you can enter, you know, you interact with them to enter combat. You know, you can come up behind them, get like an ambush uh, buff, you know, stuff like that. Um, so you're on this desert map. Uh, I'm feeling ultra disoriented right off the bat. Cause I'm like, what, <laughs> like, where the fuck am I? And what am I doing? And uh, there's a town off in the distance that you can see. And I'm like, okay, I want to get there because honestly, I don't like desert maps. Uh, and this looked pretty... Like the switch graphics aren't the best, but this just everything just looked like a like a dark orange, you know, just like all the same color, like one toned. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm over it. Because uh, it, it brought me back to Tales of Abyss, and like there was a large part we were traversing the uh, desert area, and I just want to get the hell out of there uh, to like there's like a border crossing. Um, but yeah, so I fought some monsters. I did the the combat. And I was like, okay, this is. This is different. Well, not different, but it's it's all right. It feels okay. It's not really satisfying. Um, and then I get to the town, and you know it starts a quest when you enter the town. Uh, so apparently you're searching for this thing called a water crystal. Um, and oh no, it's, those things again. <laughs> yeah, and it's missing. Uh, which you you know you you're you believe it's been taken. Um, and the city you enter is partly submerged in water. And that's like your clue, right? You walk into this town and you're like, this isn't Italy. <laughs> like, why is everything <laughs> underwater? And uh, so well, that happens. And you're forced to, um, you know, you're forced to meet, you know, all different types of NPCs. Uh, this, it's like this game, at least from the demo in this map, that's like, it leans on the like, the royalty and you know entitlements so like a lot of the npc characters are you know they look down on you because you only have like one royal uh, personal royalty in your party so your party is getting dissed everywhere you go not really taken seriously um and then you're finally you know you meet the prince of the city or town whatever region and this the person in your party um she's a white mage uh she's like I guess childhood friends with him. So you interact uh, and you join up and you start your uh, quest of like searching for clues to lead you to the water crystal. And you suspect a couple people and it's kind of like that. Like you're, you're just kind of chasing uh, the breadcrumbs until you ultimately lead up to a, like a mini boss fight. Um, so that's what's going on. I totally like, I didn't make it that far. I made it out of the city and made it to the part where it was like hit like I had multiple quests accepted and you can like you know go different directions 
you have this demo gives you five hours to play this game. Uh, and if you beat the content within that five hours, then you know, Trung, you can just grind, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I did. So, which that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I can already tell what this is going to be. And when there's a water crystal, there's going to be a fire crystal. There's going to be an earth crystal. There's going to be like a wind crystal. I'm like, I'm not even going to fucking start it. Uh, so I stopped. <laughs> I stopped as soon as I got out and did like another battle. And I was like, this is good. I'm good here. <laughs> uh, um, so I just have like some quick thoughts on it. I'm trying if you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to stop you. A, a couple of things like. I'll I'll give with the the good stuff. Um, I liked that the partying, you know, it was like Kingdom Hearts, like the party increased with the NPC. Um, and actually, Project Triangle does this too. Uh, and it's AI controlled, so like I have no control of the prince when you join the party, and I like that. It gives me a sense of like I'm not. It's not just up to me on the battlefield. Like the AI can you know have a chance to surprise me and like cover me. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, like you are uh, a couple other things. The character dialogue, uh, it was interesting. I didn't, I didn't really like anyone as I stated, like just like their, just the persona and stuff, but the dialogue was good. And it's the type of dialogue that involves a whole party, which you see a lot in the tale series. Uh, cause I like that. I like, it's not just like the lead character who just says everything. And then the rest of the party are just like blinking in the background. If you're lucky to even have like, you know, that little animation drawn in or whatever. Um, so I like the dialogue. Uh, I thought the art of the city was cool. Like when you enter the city, it kind of, it's, you know, it's like a 2.5. Well, I mean, it's a 3D game. And when you enter the city, it, it like fades into um, a 2D, like hand-drawn landscape. And then when you start, you know, moving in the city, it goes back to like the 3D model. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. And I can only imagine like the different areas you walk into doing that stuff and seeing, you know, what you're going to see. Cause you know, it's a fancy, uh, fancy setting. Um, like you mentioned, I think the jobs are cool. Uh, they're deep. So they have a lot of depth to them. Uh, they have passive attributes uh, and, you know, certain buffs with them too. Uh, so I thought that was pretty neat. Like ex- you can explore the menu in the demo and you can see a lot of the game of what's to be expected. Uh, and there's, I think only six classes or jobs. Um, and you see four of them off the bat cause of the, the main party is four people. Um, what else? Okay. What I didn't like besides what I already said, <laughs> um, I didn't really understand the bravery system. It's a system, you, you know, that's like activated in combat. I just didn't even use it. Like I didn't even, the tutorial kind of like gives you like a two cent run, like two sentence rundown on it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to attack. Uh, and that leads me into like the attacks were pretty lackluster. Like for some reason, the enemies attack, it's like, it's not fast forwarded. They get, you get to see the full like range of the attack and the effects. Um, and they kind of felt weighty, but like when it came to your allies, it was like goofy. Like it was everything. All the actions were fast forward. Like, you're like whacking people four times and you know, like the, the design of barely defaults people are kind of like, they're kind of goofy, kind of childish. Like, so these like little fists holding like a sword or something, it's like moving really quickly four times and that's your attack. And I was like, well, that's not satisfying. It's kind of, it's kind of (laughs) weird. So I didn't like that. I didn't like the party, um, the combat, 
or I should say the party combat. That's better. Um, and I didn't like the design of the characters. Like I thought it was comedic. Like that white mage I talked about earlier, who was like of royalty and was talking to the prince on like the party's behalf because he kept calling everyone peasants. Uh, meanwhile, his city is like you know half you know halfway submerged underwater because of a water crystal thing. <laughs> but um, that white mage, she was head to toe in fur. Like she had a fur hat um, and a snow coat. And we're in the middle of a freaking desert map. And I was like, this is like, I know RPGs, JRPGs, they don't really care about that. Like the design is more important than like the, um, like the, the setting, like the environment the character's in. But that was just so like off-putting. I was like, I can't get over this fur hat because the characters are like, they're like semi-chibi-ish, right? Trung, is that how? Yeah, they're, they're chibi. They're short with a big head. Yeah. So like their, their features are. I don't know they're smaller, but their features are more prominent, and they have this like giant snow like fur hat. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't get over it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I would have enjoyed the demo more if uh, I knew exactly what the backstory was or like the starting point of the story for you know default two. Um, you know, I don't remember default one because it's old, and that's all on me, right? Like, I'm not a diehard fan. Um, I wasn't, exp- you know, I, I wasn't waiting for this game to come out. I wasn't ant- uh, anticipating the release. Um, and thank God there's a demo, but yeah, I just, I didn't really know. I, don't know, I didn't feel like any urgency to do anything in the game. Um, and I couldn't get really, you know, I couldn't get immersed to it. Um, but yeah, that's my, like, that's my thoughts on it, man. Does any of that ring true for you? Like, what did you think when you played it? I actually have a few opposite effects our opinions on the game where actually oh i actually like the the class armor what you were talking about is the specific class armor that designed for every job so if you were to switch yeah. that girl to like black mage she would be wearing like you know the fancy hat and the robes and stuff and i think for guys they also have like the fur if there were to be a white mage they would also have the first fur coat and everything that you were talking about so the, the the armor seems out of place because it is tied to the class rather than you know their their, their original designs are un, under freelancer if you were to change their job into freelancer that's what they would normally look like right and that's their base okay base yeah, uh, clothes sense. and everything so there's that the bravery system uh once you get used to it right because you said you didn't understand it once you get used to it it is basically the game is called bravery bravely default bravery is uh when you add more turns or more attacks into your turn default means that you block for a certain amount of turns to get more bravery so what what happens is if you were to uh, every time you start around right you have one bravery that means you get one attack if you were to press the r button you get you add more bravery so if you have none stocked up you, you can go over your stocked bravery. If you have none stocked up, then after your if after you add like the extra four, you're now in the negative four bravery, right? So okay. once you have the negative bravery, you are out. It skips your turn for four turns, basically. So it's like an all-out attack kind of thing. So like you get to choose if you want to like skip a boss's phase, like a boss is about to charge up or something, so you use your team's bravery, even if you're in the negatives, to try to stop it, right? So you hit as hard as you can with 
whatever character you have, and like you cast five fires in a row to get it to stop, like charging up. But you know you don't you don't want to use that on every car on every party or every party member because then you you're completely locked out for four turns of not being able to do anything and you might just die. So there's like you know a push and pull kind of system there, where you get rewarded for defending, and then you can use it to go on all out attack later, or you can just start off just straight up just all out attack and lose your turns, but. The thing is, when you're fighting like the little monsters in the beginning, you know, like how every game always has like the minions that attack you and you can farm yeah, farm up those cases. Yeah, in this case, it was uh, goblins. Yeah, like those goblins. If you were to burn all of your bravery to kill them, you will kill them in one turn. It will, it will actually give you more EXP and more job points. And if you keep farming like that, that's how you like farm faster in, in Bravely Default games is to just like one, one turn kill them by just... You know, using all your bravery, even if you go in the negative, because it doesn't matter if you go in the negative if they're just dead, because then it just resets back on the next fight. You know, right? You sure you don't want to like redo their tutorial for them? Because <laughs> uh, that that was not told to me at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, the, yeah, because this is this was a system that I was used to being the old game, the first game. But yeah, but this is basically what it was, and. I like so good luck to anyone who picks it up for the first time. <laughs> yeah, like I, li- I really like the combat. That was actually the, like one of my favorite things was the combat because it was it was really fun to like balance your team. Like you have a healer, your healer could like fully heal you, but they will lose three turns. Is that worth the risk? Or you can have like you know like I, like I just mentioned, you can have your DPS character just straight up go all out to shut off a boss's uh, scary attack or just maybe potentially kill it, but you don't know. So, you know, you can mess around with that. And then the job system is very in-depth, like you said, because there's passives and skills that you can carry over to your other classes. But you can only pick one subclass. So say you were leveling up your Black Mage, which is the caster for anybody who doesn't know like Final Fantasy terms. Uh, If you were to level your Black Mage and then you go to your White Mage, which is the healer, you can actually take the black mage's skills over to your white mage as a subclass and use everything that the black mage learned on top of being able to heal at the same time. So they would be like a hybrid healer and a DPS at the same time. And Right, and you see you see some of that in Fire Emblem as well. Yeah. And then there's also the passives that modify how you play the game and things like that. Um as for the story, I have no idea. I, I wasn't paying attention to the story. I literally just walked <laughs> out of town. Like, as soon as I got done talking, it's like, okay, bye. And then I went out and I just tried the, the the job system and everything. I just wanted to see how the classes work, how the combats work, what passes the classes have. Because in the original game, there was a class that literally broke how fast you were able to farm, like grind your levels and stuff. Because mm-hmm. there was a skill... I forgot what it was called, but I think the job name, the job was Sage Master had a skill where if you're higher level than the monsters, you instantly one shot them in that, or like as soon as the screen starts. So this game has a, like a progression, like a, a combo system where if you kill them on the first turn, you get more money and more uh, job points, which translates to more abilities. So and if you do it again in the next in the next fight, you get even more. 
and more and more, you know, so it like stacks up. So the Sage Master was literally just as they enter the field, you get you get a bunch of EXP. Okay, go to the next one. They enter the field. You, they instantly wipe the whole screen. You don't have to do anything. So it was it was pretty broken, actually. Like you didn't have to do anything. Yeah, you didn't have to do anything. Like the Sage Master would just wipe the screen before the fight even started. But the yeah, the story of the first one, if you if for those who don't remember, was there was a fairy who followed you around because there's a giant hole just like popped out of nowhere. And the fairy came out and she was like, Hey, I, I know how to fix this. And then she said, <laughs> I don't want to fix it. And then and you walk away uh, game over. Yeah. And then the fairy's <laughs> like, Hey, I know how to fix this. So she was like, you have to go to these shrines and destroy all the crystals. As you said, Wa- no. water, fire, wind, and earth crystals. No. Dude, and at fir- I hate that. And then at first you're like, but in final fantasy games, which is what Bravely default is kind of from, Mm-hmm. Yeah. the crystals are always like the big deal right like crystals are everything in the final fantasy series you're supposed to protect them but the this fairy is like hey you have to go kill him you let so as a final fantasy player i was like that's strange so that's weird, <laughs> that's weird. you don't normally kill the crystals but all right so you go to the crystals and there's every time you touch the crystal there's a boss associated with the crystal and they're like you're trying to disturb the beast, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I don't care. I want to beat you up. Because this fairy told me to. <laughs> and, yeah, this random fairy that I completely trust. Yeah, like, I, I just met this fairy, but I'll trust him. And then slowly as you... So you, once you beat the first cycle of crystals, it sends you back in time. Or so you think. It sends you back in time. And then the fairy's like, I guess it didn't work. You should try it again. So you do that, like, nine more times. <laughs> oh, my God. So, because it keeps repeating, like every time you beat the crystals, it goes sends you back. But what's actually happening, if you notice, which is really cool, it, in the fairy's wings, there's a number. If you look really carefully, her wings are, are etched with a number, and that number is slowly going down every single time you repeat the cycle. And what happens when it reaches zero? She shows her th- true form, and she's actually the final boss. She's been trying to get you to destroy these other dimensions so that she can, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, show her true form and destroy the world. Yeah. So that was the story. And the reason why I hated it, because I hated having to repeat the goddamn f- boss fights over and over again. There was nothing new. It's the same mechanic every time. It also <laughs> kind of sucked because I grinded it so early with the Sage Master. So I was like max level, like midway through the game. I had every job, every passive, every ability. So. That also, I guess, kind of ruins it. But yeah, the story just kept repeating and the bosses kept repeating the exact same way. There was no new mechanics from the bosses or anything. So I was yeah. just like, okay, well, I quit. I mean, the, yep, the, and like the, it, the ending was cool. The fairy, like the tiny little detail on the fairy wings was cool. But yeah, I hated it. You know what? I would, uh, I would pull the, uh, the classic uh, watch the ending on YouTube move on that one. And I, I'd, I'd probably be, I'd walk away satisfied. Yeah. And as, you know, we didn't actually state this in the beginning, but we are live recording this in the Couchcat Discord. Um, shout out to Couchcat and shout out to everyone listening right now. And yeah, everyone in chat is saying, sounds like a game I would quit. And I am right there with you. And it sounds like a game IGN would probably score 9 out of 10, um, even with the infinite loop. It's, it's, it's very much like Kingdom Hearts. The gameplay is great, but the story is garbage. Yeah, <laughs> which we covered last episode. Yeah, go check out that <laughs> Everything episode. Everything ties. Too. 
Yeah, everything ties in, especially if it's garbage. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for the history lesson, Trunk, on Bravely Default. Yeah, there you go. Uh, makes sense. I didn't see any fairies in the demo, so who knows? <laughs> I think she was the only one, so. Well, let's hope. Because um, I, I, I don't want to fight that if I ever get this game, which I probably won't. Uh, because there's a much better game on the horizon. Um, and that is Project Triangle Strategy. I am so stoked to talk about this game because this demo was awesome. Um, and it's it's one of the games I've been waiting for, like the type of game. You know, people call them SRPGs or just, you know, tactical RPGs in general. Um, it is freaking gnarly. And Trung, I know you played some of it, uh, but you couldn't really pay attention to the story. Yeah, um, but I, I I will fill those gaps. I have I I took notes, man. Please do. I took a lot of notes. Go ahead. All right, so I'm gonna start just like I started with Bravely Default Two. This is from Nintendo. It's a long description, and I'm gonna read it. Uh, command a group of warriors as Saranoa, here of House Wolfort, and a tangled plot where your decisions make all the difference. Key choices you make will bolster one of three convictions, utility, morality, or liberty, which together make up Saranoa's worldview and influence how the story will unfold. When faced with truly momentous decisions, multiple characters will weigh in by casting their votes on scales of conviction. In these moments, the allies and decisions you make can determine the fate of whole nations in the continent of Norzelia itself. Norzelia? Norzelia. Whatever. Um, right off the bat, uh, this, the story is classic. Like it's another square in this game. Uh, it is the like spiritual successor to, um, Octopath and it's got, it's super rel- uh, relative to like Fire Emblem Three Houses. You know, it's got three houses that essentially waged war until peace was brokered. And, you know, of course, you know, after years of peace, there's a betrayal ride around the corner to ruin everything. Um, kind of, you know, how Scorians does things usually, uh, especially with like a new game. <laughs> yeah, peace was never an option. It never is. Uh, and that's Alan in the chat. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the tutorial starts, um, or even the demo. So, okay, the demo already did things better than Bravely Do, uh, Default 2's demo. The demo starts with uh, an actual backstory of what's happening. Um, it describes the three houses. It describes, you know, the main character, Saranoa. It describes the party Saranoa is with, like childhood friends. Um, one's a prince, and another is his betrothed. Betroth- uh, um, oh my god. Anyway, uh, future wife from the faction that Dun 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 betrays uh, everyone. So. That's kind of a unique dynamic going on there. Uh, and then the actual gameplay starts with a cutscene. And the cutscene is inside um, like the head of one of the three houses' quarters, uh, like the throne room. And the enemies are inside. Uh, you know, they're they're threatening death and they're like, hey, we're here, we're uh, we're here to F shit up. Um, you didn't expect this, haha. And that's how it starts. And of course. Uh, you, the party member, I think his name is Roland, um, the the here to that specific house. You know, he witnesses um, his dad pretty much, you know, held held by the sword at the throat. Um, and then you make your escape because uh, 
you suddenly just walk in, you know, in the middle of the cutscene. You walk in and you're like, oh, there's enemies here. This is crazy. And you decide to leave uh, to escape. And you have a badass um, spearman. He was almost like a dragoon, dude. That's what he reminded me of, if you, you know, in Final Fantasy terms. Um, and you, he like escorts you out and tries to help Roland escape because, you know, he's the here to this house that's uh, being besieged. Yeah. Um, so the, tr- the, the demo is very chaotic. Um, you see conflict right away, and that's cool. Uh, and also, like, right off the bat, like, the art style is awesome. Uh, I know a uh, friend of the show, Alan, from CouchCat, he's going to love this game because uh, we're huge fans of, you know, f- uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced on the Game Boy Advance. Um, and this literally looks like that game. I mean, this is 2.5D, uh, but it looks like, it, it literally looks like a clone of that game. Uh, and it also looks like Tactics Ogre um, and a couple other um, I don't know, influences there. But the art is stunning. It's literally, it, it's Octopath. Uh, probably the same team behind uh, the curtains. So it looks great. The sound or the soundtracks already hitting you with like, you know, the escape sounds and, you know, the cough, like the death sounds from, like, from the the king of the house, whatever. Uh, so everything's looking good. Everything's sounding great. Um, everything's starting better than Brave of Default 2. And so, you know, the cutscene continues. Uh, it leads you to a bridge. Um, and then it introduces, you know, mechanics of the game. Uh, there's three phases of a game. So, like, there's the story where you see the cutscenes, etc. You get your, you know, your lore out of the way. And then there's the exploration phase. Uh, and say, for instance, you know, the cutscene led to this bridge. Well, that same bridge um, is explorable, like this the same exact one. So uh, you get to walk around. Uh, you can look for items that, uh, you know, they shine. I um, mean, this was a nighttime map, so it was very easy to see. Uh, so you could find items. And then it, more importantly, you can talk to party members. Um, and it's kind of like Fire Emblem where, like, if someone has something to tell you, you know, they have, like, an exclamation point or they show up in your journal. And uh, you can talk to people, and it it falls back to the description saying there's you know one of three convictions: utility, morality, and liberty. Basically, you know, thinking like Fallout terms, like there's three types of choices you can take, and that will you know uh, bolster one of those three paths. Uh, and so, like you you know, it shows you this with like a character who's like wavering, like oh, I don't know what we should be doing right now. Uh, I want to defend the king, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, I chose a choice. I was like, no, Roland's, you know, the next here. We need, you know, our life is sacrificed for his. And that won them over to my cause. It showed like a really cool scale animation because uh, like the scale is like the symbol of House uh, Wolfort because um, of the like, it's called the scales of conviction. Uh, so like it did like that whole cool sequence and then you won someone over. Um, and that's where like three house, you know, final or fire Emblem three houses comes into play where you're recruiting people by persuading them or meeting certain criteria. And also Suikoden, which is an old school RPG that I, I replayed on the, uh, PS, yeah, PS Vita. And, um, also like there's a manga out for it and everything, but it's the same way you do certain things in the story to recruit people. 
um, and it showed that mechanic off. And then it shows combat. And before combat, you can enter like an encampment. It's like this nice, cozy, like war tent with like torches and stuff trunk, like real cozy, dude. I was about to take a nap. And uh, <laughs> you can you can talk to various NPCs there. Uh, you can unlock M- uh, NPCs to be there. Um, and again, like Fire Emblem, you know, in your encampment, you have like a dedicated, you know, blacksmith, um, a trader. Uh, and then, like, an informo- uh, information broker. I think that's what she was. Um, she wasn't... She was behind, like, this uh, desk, and she wasn't really fully implemented yet. She just spouted out, like, I can provide information, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't have that. Oh, and there's an old man that teaches you skills to use in combat. Um, skills or traits, one of the two. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, so... What else? Uh, so after the encampment, um, where you, you know, handle your business, which you can't really do in the tutorial besides get one extra trait or skill. I can't really remember what it is. You enter combat and again, it's that same bridge. So it's really cool. Uh, you know, it keeps you immersed. Like you're not just like go throwing around different, like different versions of the scenery. It's pretty much the same set. Uh, and it looks small at first cause it's just a bridge, but it's multi-leveled man. Like you have the bridge itself. There's a ladder that leads down below to like, you know, there's like chests and like extra item drops that you can pick up. Uh, and then also there's ladders that go up on the archway where archers are, where you need to close the gap to kill them. Uh, so it's it's vertical. It's, uh, it's a vertical map and it gives you a lot of options. Um, there's a lot of, you know, tactical death here, uh, which you will get from Final Fantasy Tactics, you know, with, uh, and even, you know, this Gaia and stuff like, um, elevation uh the way you face your character you know because uh back attacks are critical uh which sucks because this game is very unforgiving uh like even like luckily it's not like fire emblem where i don't know if it's just the demo or not but like where someone dies like it's like final fantasy tactics they die i don't think they get that much exp or any exp at all but uh um or bonus exp because you earn exp in real time in the battle which is nice uh so people are like leveling up, you know, in battle, like fire, fire, uh, fuck fire emblem <laughs> and, uh, so many like F games. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah. So luckily there's no permadeath in the demo. So like I lost, <laughs> I lost like the future, like the main character's future wife. Like I lost her in like three turns. I think <laughs> I was like, Oh, what's her skills? And then fucking got sniped by an archer from elevation. Wait, wait, was she <laughs> so a made her fire fit. mage? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, oh, okay. I lost her too. She has, yeah, she has cool skills like fire shield and stuff that like you can do like counterattacks and like uh it's pretty cool. But uh, she's got an attack and a buff. And like I go back to how we talked about like the switch controls, how like you know the joystick is very loose. Um, I swear, dude, every like fifth turn or something, I would like face the wrong way on, on the last second about you know hitting the end turn, the X button. And I'll be like, fuck, no. And like my back was completely exposed to archers and knights. And I was like, fuck. So the battle was very punishing, but very, uh, I would say fun because it was stressful. Like I was like, oh shit, like um, this is actually not that easy. Like that dragoon I mentioned earlier from the cutscene, he's covering your rear. You can't control him, which is another, you know, just like Bravely Default. I like that. I like when the AI uh allies are their own 
you know, being like they can do their own shit. It gives you an element of surprise, um, you know, good or bad, depending on how good the AI is. Uh, but yeah, so he's back there like fucking 1v9ing and I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about the rear. And then you're pushing through the bridge, you have to re- get to the lever to release the gate and then go and fight in the middle of the bridge and then you make your escape uh, once you get to like a certain like, you know, uh, block on the ground or like zone on the ground, like in Fire Emblem. And it was hectic, dude. Like I was fucking slaying people. I was losing people. There's a lot of... Uh, I think you're you're you start off with nine people off the bat uh, that you don't know like you only know like the core four people like you have an advisor the prince and then your future wife uh, but everyone else like they're like a mixed match of like the guard to Sir Noah who's the main character and a mixed max or mi- a mixed match of guards for Roland um, and so like you're introduced to like thief like characters there's like multiple mages in this game. Uh, like Trung said, uh, the future wife is a fire mage, um, fire buffs the advisor. He buffs attack and defenses and has like a cane sword. Uh, you have an ice mage in your party. Um, yeah, so like there's multiple magics right off the bat. Uh, you have an archer who rides like a giant like hawk or something. So very Final Fantasy-ish, um, you know, land-bound, two-legged bird. And archer on the back. Uh, and then you have your standard, like they have a shield bearer who he just has a shield. And so, you know, he has a classic like knockback. Uh, he has taunts like you would see in like an MMORPG. Um, so you can taunt, you know, it's an AOE too. So, and he's beefy. So you can use him to taunt multiple enemies. And then yourself is pretty much like a swordsman. Um, you have like a hawk dive. So you can like launch yourself at people for gap closers. It's it's pretty sweet. And then the the prince is a he's mounted, he's mounted cavalry with a spear. Uh, but yeah, there's the party. There's a lot of di- uh, diversity there in classes and abilities, and it can I can already see this being overwhelming. Like figuring out what you want to do, uh, because throughout the tutorial, like my people were leveling up repeatedly and unlocking new skills and passives and i was like holy shit like i can't even keep track of what i can do and not do it's <laughs> like i had so much at my arsenal trunk i was like okay i know these skills work i'm gonna just do these skills <laughs> like you know try to make it to the end did you imagine um, if there was like advanced jobs with these guys too so they would learn more stuff bro if there is it's it's too much <laughs> like but final fantasy tactics had them tactics ogre had them disgaea had them so why not fire, um, fire emblem has them Fire Emblem has them. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on. And then uh, it's not like tactics where, you know, the map had like a bunch of like city hubs that you could travel in between. Um, but it was like that where there's city hubs on the map. It's 2D map. Uh, and you just use your cursor and hover over which part of the map you want to explore or, you know, what part of the map needs your attention. Because after that battle... There's a cutscene. Uh, story progresses. I'm not going to say the whole story because, I mean, you play the demo yourself uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, the map has a bunch of exclamation points on it and the green ones are story. Like, you know, for a fact, they're just like cutscenes where red ones, I think, progress the main story. So you're seeing, like, you get to click on them and you get to see, like, the other two houses who are, like, doing nothing. Um... And you get to see like their leaders, like 
ooh, what side do I choose sort of deal. Like the new, you know, the person who's leading, like the who led the betrayal and is leading like, a, you know, they're forced to be number one, like to take all the houses. Uh, you got some people who are like, oh, I want to wait to see what happens and pick the winning side. But, you know, like in any JRPG or anime, they'll just get slaughtered anyway. And then you had the people uh, who are super loyal to um, the house that just got, you know, beheaded, so to speak. And so they're all up in arms and want to join forces with the main character, uh, House Wolfort. Uh, so you get to see all these different stories and perspectives. You get to see the main story progress. And then it centers on to you at House Wolfort when you're escaping. And it shows a, a major mechanic in this game that you hear about in the description. And that's the scales of conviction. And like I'm like, okay, we're here. We had the prince. Uh, we're a small house. Now we have to figure out what to do with the prince. And it's not just like a simple, you know, offer the prince up um, to save yourself or defend the prince with your life in honor of the sacrifices of the people who helped you escape. And I was like, that's going to be it, right? No, your whole party votes on this. And there's nine people and there's like, like an actual scale of conviction in the, in like the hall, I guess you would call it like the Wolfort hall. And you're all discussing this, like, like flashback to tales of abyss where the whole party is engaged and the dialogue is good. Um, but yeah, your advisor's like, we're going to vote on this. And it shows like who's not, or who's on one side, who's on the other. And so you have this opportunity to go to town after that cutscene and get information, like talking to the citizens of the town, talking to certain NPCs um, about like, there's a hidden secret weapon or, you know, there's a strategy or this house has drama in the past and it's led to this. And like, you get all this extra arsenal that unlocks dialogue choices. Um, because you're you're gaining knowledge and so you go back inside and then you have sidebar conversations with the people who are opposite of what your choice like what you want your choice to be because you you can choose either one you can vote either way and um you convince them with the information you gained in your environment to you know you make tend to they go undecided and they say oh i i see your point of view now um but who knows what i'll vote for in the end and they become undecided and when you're ready, you commence the vote and you go to the scales. There's like a whole animation with it where people walk up and it's so cool, dude. Like they each have like a little like dialogue uh, blurb to say to you when they come up, like you've convinced me, you know, I've trusted you since the beginning. Like, why would I stop trusting you now? Or this better be a good idea. Uh, or, you know, you're ever since a lad, you've been a, a brave warrior. Uh, you haven't disappointed me yet. Like all these people have um, personality to them. And, you know, the vote went my way and I was like, holy shit, like, what if I, what if I failed this or what if I went the opposite direction? Like, what would the story really change? Like, do I actually have that much of a choice? I didn't replay the demo to see because I didn't want to do that, but it was crazy, dude. Um, the way that worked, uh, I was super happy about that. And, um, yeah. So after that mechanic, uh, the story progresses, um, you get to experience another fight and the fight, you know, it's using the landscape this time. So it's showing you, uh, that it's not just going to be straight up, you know, bread and butter, uh, turn base, you know, advantages, etc. Use a OP skill and it's over. Like there's, 
um, things on this specific map that you can interact with to leverage things to your advantage. Um, and it uses a lot of fire, I'm just going to say. Uh, and it was really cool to see. Like, the graphics were cool. There was a little frame rate issue with the the environment sh changing because it does change. Uh, kind of like, you know, I'm just thinking like Battlefield, for instance. Right. Uh, the environment changes and the battle essentially changes. Um, and that's, you know, that's where uh, the tutorial essentially um, comes to an end. And man, dude, I thought that was um, probably one of the best demos I've played in a while. Uh, I couldn't, you know, I had such an opposite, <laughs> uh, opposite experience from Bravely Default. And I'm glad I played that game. Uh, and I don't know. I have some, I talked a lot on it, but I have some like quick thoughts. If you don't mind trying, that'll just like yeah, rapid fire out. Uh, and that's essentially, you know, I'm glad there's another game that's like Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Ogre, you know, mixed with Sukado and Fire Emblem, like all those. I'm glad there's another game coming out like that. That's what we've needed. Um, there's, you know, the market saturated with JRPGs. Um, especially like cell shaded JRPGs and shit, like Trails of you know was this Trails of Skies or whatever, like or Trails of Steel. Um, there's a lot of games like that, like cookie cutter. Uh, and I'm all for SRPGs. Uh, and this one looks like it's going to take the cake. Um, I will say also, it. I mean, it's just a demo, but the demo is literally in English, so it's you know it's kind of like watching you know, that dubbed anime and you're like, fuck, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I can't, I, I have no other choice. But uh, yeah, so that voice acting was very cringe. I was like, oh man. Uh, so, you know, I was just speed, I was reading, I was speed reading to not hear the voices. Um, and then also, I hope they change this, but like, it just didn't make sense, man. Like, in between cutscenes, like, there's there were times where the cutscenes were in the same map uh, like the same room even, but it would play the like cutscene that was like a minute, kick you out to the main map, and then you have to go back to that fucking room again. And I was like, I was just here. Why isn't there like some interface where it's like, play the next, you know, hit X to play the next cutscene or something. And, like, it kept doing that to me constantly. It kept kicking me out all around the map just to view another cutscene that was like maybe 30 seconds long. Because there's a lot of side cutscenes. Like, for instance, you see like this nurse or this healer and she's upset of where she's at because she can't save people because based off like nobility. So she leaves and then she is unlocked in my encampment. Like it unlocks a cutscene where like she's there, she's, you know, pleading for, you know, me to let her join. And then she's unlocked in my encampment. So there's like stories like or there's cutscenes like that, side characters, and the to show the other houses like what's in motion. But it, that kind of not ruined the immersion. It was annoying because there's a shit ton of cut or loading screens in this game. Um, and it was just getting tiresome of like doing that over and over again. Like cutscene, main map, cutscene of the same area, main map, cutscene. I was like, all right, you know what? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my only gripe with the game in general. Uh, you know, frame rate issues with, you know, the landscape and then. I mean, obviously, English is not going to be its only voice. Like, it's a Square Enix game. It's going to be Japanese, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, but yeah, the cutscene thing was just bogus. Otherwise, this is a solid demo. You'll get two, I mean, easily two hours uh, plus in this demo. 
if you're taking your time and you're looking around uh, and the story might be like very similar to a lot of Square Enix games or a lot of JRPG games in general, uh, but the the graphics, the 2.5D Octopath graphics, right? Um, and the gameplay, like the combat, the the classes to explore and the skills to explore, uh, and then the party to explore, because everyone's, you know, it's it's been a long time since everyone's been this involved um, in the story. You know, like Fire Emblem, yeah, there's like, you know, characters here and there, but like, you can kind of like just write a bunch, like half the, more than half the students you can write off and be like, I'll never fucking see you again, sucker. But like, uh, here, like, it's, it's cool to see that everyone's going to have, you know, a voice in this game. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, I had a fucking awesome time, uh, Trung. So you can, you can take over and, uh, save everyone from my rambling. Okay. Well, I didn't, unfortunately, didn't have much time to play the full demo. I got through the first fight, and it is definitely made by the people who made Octopath. The skills, the the way the skill cutscenes work, the art style, the character art style, you know, like the <clears throat> the concept art of the, like, the, you know, just what the character looks like. Like, all, all of that is very Octopath. The music is definitely very Octopath. But... The gameplay, of course, is very different. It is a strategy RPG, as we've gone over. Um, but with every unit being like very different from each other, I don't know if we'll be able to choose their jobs later or not. Whether it's going to be like that one static job that they are. But my favorite character, or my favorite class, I guess, was um, the rogue. Actually, because she can attack twice, right? So. <clears throat> I don't know if, she, if ending the turn... No, I think if ending the turn, she doesn't get to do two actions. But say you moved her up and attacked somebody. That would... Uh, and after you attack, you have another turn. And you can make her go invisible. So that you can just attack and go invisible. And just keep repeating the same cycle. And it's I think that's pretty cool. It makes it feel really roguish. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it still keeps the standard... Altitude gives you more damage nonsense, which I hate it. I mean, I don't I don't hate the mechanic. I think it's cool. I just hate it when the archers are like 10 dimensions above you. So screw those guys. I want to kill them. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, since I uh, since like I said, I skipped through the story. I didn't know much, much what was going on in the story. So all I can really speak of is the combat aspect of the game. It is very similar to tactics where exposing your back is bad. Obviously, you want to always face your character the right way at the end of a turn. And I think you have less uh, evasion if you face them the wrong way, too. Like, your rears, your rears and your flanks uh, makes it so the enemy is more likely to hit you. Yeah, and if there's, um, if there's like, say, an ally, say you box in a guy, like, there's an ally unit behind them, and you come up and attack, uh, that sparks, like, your ally taking an extra attack during you know your turns yeah the follow-up so attack also that yeah yeah so that's that's very similar to disgaea if people have ever played that in disguise you, you know if you're well in disguise is different because if the you your units are behind you or close to you they cause a follow-up attack in this game it's you boxing the enemy in which is right. which is interesting but it's very cool that it does happen because that's an easy way for you to share experience with somebody else with one of your other characters because uh 
like Ryan mentioned, the the EXP is dynamic in this game where it happens during the fight. It's very similar to how tactics works. I don't know, like you would get EXP by killing stuff or else just taking a turn and hitting something, but you get more EXP from killing. So you want to like distribute the EXP, I guess, based off for characters, but I was always really bad with that. I <laughs> I always had like the one super overpowered character because they would just kill everything on the battlefield and I just call it a day. Yeah. I mean, it's like Pokemon, right? Like, yeah, the one OP. Always. Yeah, always. But, um, yeah, that's about as far as I can really go. I think the game, game is great. The demo is very, very much worth picking up if you guys have a Switch. I also highly recommend getting a Pro Controller if you guys do not have one. Because uh, it basically feels like an Xbox controller if you play it on the Xbox. And it doesn't have the drifting issue that the Joy-Cons do after a while. It, it's very durable. It is quite a steep price at $60, but if you can get, you know, afford it, it is great for playing games on the Switch if you are a big Switch gamer. Yeah, and I have the Pro Controller and it still gives me issues. No, oh, well, <laughs> so, I just got to a new one, so I don't know. It is the better controller. That's why I like it. It reminds me of Xbox. And every time I play PlayStation, I'm like, how the fuck do I use this? So, well, I grew up with PlayStation, so I have no issue with their controllers. I think the thick controllers are kind of weird to me. <laughs> it's because I have tiny hands. Oh, no. I can't hold all these JRPGs with these tiny hands. No. Um, yeah, so we both enjoyed it thoroughly. Yes, um, I highly recommend playing the demo if you enjoy Anything from the yep. range of Tactics, Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics, Disgaea, Fire Emblem, any of that. Pick it up. Yep. And like Alan said in our chat, uh, release 2022. Enjoy replaying the demo over and over. And I just might do that. Um, otherwise, I have to play that other um, Advanced Wars, you know, spiritual successor that's on the Switch. Uh, I played like the first levels. I can't remember the name, but I still had to play that. And that might take um, the seat for a while in strategy games. Um, but yeah. Oh, fun fact. My headset died. So I muted myself. Or I'll, like 10 minutes of that rambling, I couldn't hear you. So I was like, oh, I hope this is going well. And then I muted myself so I could move my charger closer to me so I could wear my headset again. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't say to you during your rant. I kind of just let you go with the flow. Dude, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Like, if I stop for one second. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. So those are the two demos we played. Well, I played recently and Trung uh, played uh, both when it first came out and then also uh, Project Triangle recently with me. Um, that's all we got on it. Um, I am going to go demo hunting again, uh, probably after Fire Emblem's done, but then I also have Daohag GU to play. Uh, for the P or PlayStation because I got it on sale for like nine bucks. The trilogy, I think I talked about that, right? I think I did. Yeah, um, you did. But yeah, definitely. I like that. I like if we could go demo hunting and just like play, you know, see what takes we have on it. That's cool. Um, you know, we're fleshing out this podcast as we go. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, any final thoughts before I start the uh, outro stuff, Jerome? Uh. I don't really got much of anything. I think we discussed about what we really wanted to discuss today. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we have no uh, player input or, excuse me, fan input for this episode. 
Um, I guess not a lot of people have played uh, triangle strategy yet, at least in our circle. Uh, but that is the thing we do here. Uh, so what we do in the Discord, uh, CouchCast Discord, we will post an input text channel. And for future episodes, um, you know, I'll post like the topic and the potential input we're looking for. And you can go ahead and leave input there and it'll be included in the show. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, we'll also in the future when this show even goes live, you know, we'll be using Anchor. So you can send us a live message as well as, um, you know, your input. And we'll include that into the show uh, via voice if, you know, you want people to hear your voice. And we'll keep you anonymous if you want it. So, uh, so that's something there. Uh, nothing new on the horizon, uh, but we'll keep our eyes out um, for you know JRPG RPG releases and you know exciting news that we think you all would find interesting. Um, no social media yet, <laughs> or you know one day. <laughs> um, shout out to the Catchcat Discord, of course for allowing us to record here even though i am a co-owner of couch cat so it's like <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> shout out to couch cat uh, and shout out to the couch cat podcast as well uh trunk and i have done you know rpg episodes on there so you, if you want to listen to those and you'll pretty much get a sense of what we're going on here and listen to all the other episodes especially if you play games like simple mmo or any other indie games um but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for everyone who's listening to this live. Uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, we never know if we're going to be sitting here all alone talking to each other, which we don't mind, but it's always, um, it's always more fun. Yeah, it's always it's always good to have company in the studio. Um, it's more comfy that way. Of course, everyone but Alan is allowed in the studio still. That's a hard rule because uh, he's wild. Uh, but yeah thanks for tuning in and that's all i got and we'll see you in the next one peace later everybody